Chapter 27 The comfort and familiarity of her window seat and the numbing bliss of her silver comb gave Saoirse comfort as she sat and watched the harbour bustle to and fro. It was a cold, clear night. She shivered and looked to the bed towards her robe, but then her eye fell on the grey folded bundle which lay on the desk beside her. Saoirse reached out and took the smooth grey mass into her arms. She could feel the warmth already. She had not yet unfolded it and now seemed like as good a time as any to see what it was. She shook it out and the soft grey aroma of her grandmother's perfume danced in the air around her. She brought it to her nose and inhaled her grandmother's scent. The fabric was soft and welcoming. The smell homely and unmistakable. She sighed heavily and pulled the luxurious cloth around her. It was a cloak, smoky grey, soft to touch, like the fur of an animal, and she instantly felt warm and comforted. It had a calming effect like the comb, but this had more warmth, a hugging sensation rather than a numbing one. She pulled the wide hood up over her head and was enveloped by the comfort it brought her. Her phone rang. She let it. It could wait. She needed time. An hour or so must have passed and when she refocused, she heard a soft tapping on her bedroom door. She turned to see Sean standing next to her. His face was frightened and drained. You have to answer your phone, Saoirse. He was cross, but you could tell he was also relieved. He bent slightly and touched the top of her head. She still had the cloak pulled over her and so she understood his initial fear. She pulled down the hood and looked up at him. Sorry, I just needed some time to myself. Time to work things out or zone out, to be honest. And did it help? Did you work anything out? To be honest, no just spaced out for an hour and thought about nothing. It was heavenly. She beamed down at her silver comb and ran her fingers gently along its spine. Thank God for it. But she was right back in the real world again and she had worried Sean. She hadn't meant to, but she had. I'm sorry. I should have answered. But to be completely honest, I don't know what happens now. The instructions just send us off to Dundee's to scatter her ashes. What happens then? Is it all over? Do I have to live in constant fear of him? Does he even know I exist? I just feel like she's left us with far too many questions and no real way of getting answers. For the first time in my life, I wish I could shake my grandmother. But she did leave us with clues. He sounded assured and a little more informed than she was. He saw the look in her eyes and answered her unasked questions. Well, the instructions are clear. We go to Dunluce and sprinkle her ashes. She left you the cloak, so I'm assuming it has some kind of powers, just like your comb. No doubt we'll find out soon enough. She's kept Father Michael out of the loop. I'm assuming that was to protect him and his faith, so I'm guessing things will get a whole lot weirder from here on in. 
Saoirse was annoyed. How he had worked all that out from a map of Ireland and travel arrangements for the North. He knew far too much than he was letting on. Her grandmother must have left him more information for sure. So tell me, what else did she leave you? And don't tell me nothing because I'll know you're lying. She was right. Sean explained how that when he had gotten home, his father was sitting at the kitchen table waiting for him. They needed to have a chat. Saoirse's grandmother had been to see him and had explained the whole situation to the extent that she could without endangering him. He had another letter for Sean with more instructions. She had predicted that Saoirse would know that Sean was onto something and had given her blessing that Sean could share the contents of the letter when Saoirse worked it out and demanded he do so. So, she was impatient and Sean was deliberately taking his time. She nudged him slightly. So, look out the window. Saoirse looked out over the ever quietening and darkening harbour. The boy bobbed gently and blinked crimson at her. She was lost to know what she was supposed to be looking at. She scanned back and forth. Look down. There it was, just outside the garden fence, and as she caught sight of it, it turned its head and its amber's eyes gazed up at her. They'd become familiar in the last number of weeks. She felt she knew the fox at this stage. It was a friend, majestic and aloof, standing guard at the gate. Standing guard. He's protecting me. It was a realisation that came suddenly. Foxes don't hang around houses without tearing at rubbish and making a nuisance of themselves. This fox had cried in what seemed like a genuine pain when Saoirse, the night her grandmother died. It was protecting her, a guard dog, or rather a guard fox. She could have sworn it was now smiling up at her as she pressed against the window, peering down at it. Rua is an old friend of your grandmother's from before your grandfather's time. He is a shapeshifter, but this is his preferred form. He promised your grandmother he'd protect you until we were sure you were out of danger. His contacts in the fairy world will keep an eye out to see if we can figure out if he knows you exist and what he plans to do about it, if he plans to do anything. Have you heard yourself? Fairy world, shapeshifter. This is getting more and more ridiculous by the minute. Saoirse, it is what it is. Remember, I'm not the freak here, you are. He dug her softly, but playfully in the ribs. I'm just from a long line of great and noble men. He stood back and beat his chest like Tarzan. You, however, are the mysterious, dark creature of folklore that has brought all this fantasy, fiction and excitement into my life. Don't forget the death, despair and sorrow. There was no comeback for that. She had most certainly brought that too. They looked at each other. There was that pull again, that magnetism between them and it was becoming increasingly difficult to resist. Saoirse longed to put out her hand and stroke his chest, to pull him into the cloak with her, wrap his arms around her, pull him against her and feel his lips on hers. 
It was an animalistic desire, uncontrollable, almost, and deep within her. It was a feeling she had never felt before, but one that was intensifying with every unfilled encounter with him. Her breath quickened, as did his. They were lost in each other's eyes and only a shrill howl from Rua below brought them back to their senses. He's off. Needs to do a thing or two before tomorrow, I'm guessing, so I'm going to stay. It was said, so matter-of-factly, that Saoirse burst into laughter. The fox outside the window had a thing or two to do. It was insane. She turned to look at him again, but he was already halfway across the lawn and heading towards the library steps, still watching as he disappeared down the steps. How do you know he has a thing or two to do? Because he told me. He's not always a fox, Saoirse. He was waiting for me when I got home. Saoirse pictured the red fox sitting at Sean's table sipping tea. Her world was becoming more and more bizarre as the days passed. Perhaps she had fallen down a rabbit hole at some point and lost her mind. Sean looked at her. I know what you're thinking, but remember, he's a shape shifter. He's quite a big man in reality. The only thing that gives him away are his shocking red hair and grizzly beard. It's exactly the same colour as his fur. So you're on the puka watch while the fox is away. Her voice didn't muster the sarcasm she was hoping for. The ridiculous was no longer so strange to admit. I most certainly am, but your dad says I can't stay in your room all night. He's made up a bed downstairs on the couch. They both blushed. Even Saoirse's dad had noticed the attraction. It reared its tempting head and tugged at them both once more. They looked at each other intently. This was going to be a long night. Saoirse couldn't breathe. He squeezed her shoulder and gently, but quickly, kissed the top of her head and turned and headed towards the door. Saoirse looked back at him through the dark and saw him silhouetted by the light of the hallway. He seemed to have grown in the past day or two. He looked taller and stronger and his knee had been forgotten about. She felt safe and relaxed back into the window seat.